Hey, I'm Tato Katlanya. Welcome to Life with Tato, the podcast. I believe life is about transcending to the highest expression of yourself. Reaching the state of self-mastery takes listening to conversations with unfiltered wisdom and then going to do the work. Your journey to deepening your understanding of self begins today. Welcome to this week's download. Today we're going to be exploring how to quench the thirst of the world through what you create and how you create it. My hope is that this download will help you navigate this coming week and give you a different set of eyes on how to approach life. Enjoy. Today's download is in fact inspired by social media and just the creativity around what we do on on the gram, what we do, you know, in our tweets and all of that. And so just the level of creativity that's happening, I mean, with with memes and all sorts of things, it's just such a different world because of social media. And so I remember when I started you know, on social media, really editing who I follow. It came about because, you know, I would just like wake up in the morning and I would be like, let me check my gram. Let's see what's happening. And I would be scrolling. And then before I know it, you know, it would be some guy that I know with his six pack. And, you know, we appreciate all of that. But it was just done in such a way where I was like, I didn't even do a double take. I did a like a triple take. I was like, whoa, what is going on? And so that was my first, you know, interaction with a thirst trap. And it wasn't embarrassing. I would like to say I was like, you know, I did a, I, I did more than a double take. I was like, okay, this is, this is obviously, you know, this person took this picture knowing exactly what they were doing. And I'm sure if you've ever seen a thirst trap or low key taken a thirst trap, you will know that the intention of a thirst trap is to get that type of attention. And so I knew that, you know, the world was just not safe with me seeing thirst traps. And so I was like, let me just edit my, the people that I follow, make sure that I follow people that I know you know, they, they're highly unlikely to actually post a thirst trap just, just for the safety of not having myself in anyone's DMs. And so we know that the thirst trap is a real thing. If you've ever posted a cute selfie, you will know that, you know, your DMs get hella like, you know, active. And so I actually went and looked at the dictionary to find out the thirst trap definition the definition of a thirst trap and it actually the urban dictionary says a sexy photograph this is a sexy photograph posted on social media with the intent of causing others to publicly profess their attention attraction and so you know like we all have our selfie game on lock and there you are taking like 20 million pictures just to choose one and then put it through the different apps and then you've got you know you've got visco and then you've got all these other apps just to make sure that it's just right and so i know because i've also done it even though i didn't call it a thirst trap i know by the attention that it got me that 
mm, this was a thirst trap that they get your life. And if you look at the captions, this is what was interesting to me. If you look at the captions of these thirst traps, they have absolutely nothing to do with the actual image. And so the caption will say something like, woe is me, I'm so blessed, or finally in shape. And it's like, no, that's not what you're trying to say to us. You see, you're trying to distract us from the fact that you actually posted a thirst trap, but we see you, you try to distract us, but we see you. And what some people do, I'm not saying that I do this, some people slip into the DMs and that attraction is in fact going to cause a level of attention within you to then DM someone and, you know, whatever happens in the DMs. I'm not saying I know what happens there, but I know it happens. And so with the phenomenon of the thirst trap and all these other things, for me, what I always try to do is, you know, let me keep my sanity. Let me actually go back to the Bible because it should help us. It's a, it's, it's a manual really of how to approach life. And so if I go to the manual of, of life, which is the Bible, and I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, lead me to understand this thirst trap because I need to be delivered from it. And I'm trying to understand how a girl can do better. And so I was like, who actually came up with the thirst trap in the Bible? Because there's no way that God is the Alpha and Omega and he didn't know that we would have thirst traps. And so I was like, okay, where in the Bible was there the, an individual that actually introduced the notion of a thirst trap? And so I was taken to the first thirst trap that ever happened in the history of man, which was drumroll. Jesus. Yes, Jesus had the first thirst trap. And if we go to John chapter 19, verse 28, this was during the death of Jesus uh, at the crucifixion. In fact, we're then, we're then told by the scripture that after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, I thirst. Word for word, I'm quoting it, I thirst. So Jesus first uttered those words, I thirst. And so if we know that at that time, Jesus was obviously going through the most physically, he had a spirit, he had the Holy Spirit assisting him, but he did not have water. And so what we are told later on in John 19 verse 34 is that, one of the soldiers, when Jesus had actually died on, at the cross, one of the soldiers actually wanted to test what had happened. And he put a spear, you know, not everyone believes things. It's like, you got to go in there and check if this, if what's going on. And so one of the soldiers went and pierced the side of Jesus. And what came out was, wait, what? Blood and water. And so we had Jesus, first of all, saying he's thirsty and that he thirsts. And now he's He's actually passed away or he's dead. And we're told that out of the side of his body came out blood and water. And so how was he thirsty if we know there was there was water in his body? But then I was like, you know what? Let's actually understand that the real way in which to quench thirst, it is not even through Sprite. And I know Sprite has poured like billions of dollars. But listen, their slogan, obey your thirst, is not a real thing because the only way to quench your thirst, it is through water. And so water is life. And so we even know that scientifically that 65% of the, the human body is made up of water. So water is literally life. Your body has 
has so much water in it. And so if I'm posting a thirst trap, what I'm actually saying is that I'm giving you life. And so come get your life is what I'm doing when I post my thirst trap on social media. And so we know that water is life. And then we also know that life, life comes about when certain principles are in place. If we go back before Jesus was even crucified, we go back a a couple of chapters in John 3, we know that Jesus even told us that we need to be born by what? Water and the Spirit. And that if, if you do not have water and the Spirit, if you're not born by water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so what does that mean? It means that you needed to be born again. And so we know that the requirements of having life, and not even just life, but having access to the kingdom of God, has requirements and so if you've ever been to the club and tried to get into the club without an id you'll know that it's a very sad story for those in line who don't have id or don't have the requirements you cannot get in and so even in in the bible we're told that listen to get in you need to get access you need two things you need water and you need the holy spirit and so if jesus told us this that we needed water and the spirit and we know that god is the alpha and the omega i was like listen God needs to also obey the same requirements that that he then imposed on us. He needs to also obey the same requirements and in fact set an example, have a way in which he in fact takes the principles which he teaches us and he also lives by them because he needs to be the example, he needs to be God. And so when the earth is actually created, The earth is also a kingdom of God. And so if we want life in the kingdom of God, Jesus told us that we need the water and the spirit. So for us to be born again. So with the earth, what then happened is if you read in Genesis that when God birthed the earth, he did it in Genesis 1. And we're told that in Genesis 1, um, chapter 1, he says, Uh, the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so even in Genesis 1, when God did what? When God created in the beginning, there was water and there was spirit when he was in the process of creation. And so what in fact we learn is that the earth was born again. What in fact we learn is that the earth, in order for it to hold life, It needed to be born again. It needed water and it needed the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so in order for us then to have a higher dimensional life, an HD life, right? We need to recognize that our power lies in in being creators and not consumers. And so we're told how God created things. There were certain principles that 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 were present but before we even go there let's just take genesis 1 and we go to the word created in the beginning god created that word created in fact in the beginning what the hebrew word for created means is bara which is to create out of nothing to create from nothing so if you want to provoke something to happen in your life if you want to provoke and create something to happen from nothing you need those principles you need that way of creation where you actually go and understand what are some of the things that need to create life and we need we need one the water we need two uh, the Holy Spirit. And so if you're going to provoke 
a creation of something new, if you're going to provoke the creation of a new life, a new marriage, a new career, a new financial situation, a new relationship, you need to honor those, you need to honor those principles. And so if you also look at any miracle, I mean, a lot of people right now are praying for miracles, but if you also want to understand that you are a miracle in yourself, the fact that you have 65% of water within you, within, within you, it means that there are a lot of insights, insights, it's within you, it's inside of you. There are a lot of insights that you carry that if you just allowed God to breathe life into it, which is the Holy Spirit, if you gave God the freedom and the space to actually create, which is bara, which is to create from nothing, then you will also understand that you too can have a miracle. And so the miracles that Jesus performed are the same miracles that man can do. But the problem with us is that we've forgotten that we carry water. We've forgotten that we carry the Holy Spirit. And so we we fail to produce the types of results in creation, in being creators, because we're so busy consuming. And so if you look at most of the miracles that happened in the Bible, where life, it was a life and death situation, you look at what happened, you will also understand that the presence of water was there, the presence of the Holy Spirit was there for there to be life. It was a sudden death situation. When you look at uh, Noah's ark and the flood, that was a life and death situation. Water made the difference. If you look at the parting of the Red Sea, the children of Israel were running and Moses, when he lifted up his staff and the Red Sea parted, the presence of water is is what made a life or death uh, situation. And so if you look at Moses being a child that was supposed to be killed, the fact that his mother had the insight, which is inside of her, the fact that the mother had the insight to put him into water. And in fact, when he went into the river, that was the difference that, that made a life or death situation. Moses was then in, went into a river and it was brought out on the other side and that was a life or death situation. And so even if you look at the Garden of Eden, for, 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 for such a time as Eden to be created, God in fact... Adam and Eve didn't in fact dwell in Eden. They lived in a garden outside of Eden. And if, if you even go to Genesis uh, 2, you will learn that a river flowed out of Eden to water what? Water the garden. And in fact, the garden is where Adam and Eve lived. And so it is this process of creation that we need to understand if we're ever going to create any groundbreaking um, ideas, if we're ever going to create anything anew and replenish the earth and do and, and become abundant in living a higher dimensional life. And so when we look at any miracle, it had the presence of water and it also had the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so if we're going to become creators and not consumers, which is what social media has taught us to do, then we need to go back and understand that the womb of our mind is where we actually create the womb of our mind is where we create. And so when we look at the first birthing, it happened through Jesus. Jesus um, it happened through the, the womb of God's mind. And so when God had in his mind to create what we now see as creation and we call it creation, we understand that the, the, the womb of God's mind had the same qualities to create life 
And so in this womb, how we can understand this womb is if we take the womb of a woman and, and if we understand the, the womb of a woman, then we will better understand how God created. And so if we take the womb of God's mind and we say God birthed the first human being, the first human being being Adam. Adam was born by Jesus and by God, my apologies. And if you look at what Adam how Adam is formed in Genesis 2.5, we understand that it's not just dust that created man, but in fact, there was something else. And so if we're taken to, to Genesis 2, you will, you will understand in Genesis 2.5, it says, when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord had... God had not caused it to rain on the land. And so there was no rain on the land. Get this. And there was no man to work the ground. And so without, without water, there is no life. And without life, there's nothing to do. And so if, 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 if we take it back, just for a second, if we take it back, if we say, okay, there was nothing to do. There was no man to work the ground. There was no work. And the reason there was no work is because God had not caused it to rain, rain way on earth. So the potentiality that existed on the earth was the fact that God, when he was creating, he planted seeds, he planted trees, he created so many things, but without the rain, they, they could have not grown. So when you look at yourself, you might have seeds within you. You might have a skill set. You might have a way of thinking. You might have an anointing of speaking. You might have ideas of how to go about life. You might even be the one in your family that is going to bring about change. But until you are watered, until God causes it to rain, there's going to be no work, absolutely no work for you to do. And so what you need to focus on is that there needs to be a stage of maturation for God to mature the seed that he has planted in you. And when God has planted that seed in you and he waters it and he causes to rain in your life, what happens then is that things start to grow. Then from the growth, that's how you then get work. And so the, the reason why why a lot of people are stagnant is that they haven't understood that for you to have anything to do, you need to go through a stage of maturation. And when you've been matured enough, when you've been matured enough and you've been grown, in fact, that is then how you become fruitful because then there is rain and through the rain, what was inside of you is caused to grow. And when it grows, there are fruits that other people can benefit from. And so in you being a tree, so to speak, that is growing and you have fruits that people then eat from what is actually happening is that the work that you've been given is to serve and so if we just understand that the importance of God not causing it to rain on the land is also a question of timing where are you in your growth you need to understand that anything that you're ever going to create is going to take time it's going to require that it goes through a maturation stage and so nothing is going to happen for you you will not have work because there's no maturation there's no growth because if there's if there is a, a reason for it to rain and you're not ready to actually reap the harvest, then it's going to be a waste. And so God is not a wasteful God. And so if we continue with the text in Genesis 2, 5, it then says, God had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground. Verse 6, and a mist was going up from the land and was doing what? 
watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground. And and so, so I will carry on. Let's just deal with that. So first of all, there was a mist. Mist is another type of it's another form of water. So you've got different levels of water. And so oxygen, by the way, has water. And so mist has water. And so if you did a bit of geography in 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 school, you will understand that there's water in the clouds. There's water in the air we breathe. There's water in ice. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of particles that come together to create a form of water and sometimes it is it does not look like water but it has a form of water so mist is something that we know is a form of water so we're told that a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground so first of all what what we know is that when God said in Genesis in the beginning God created and God said let there be all of those things there was already an existence of what water and the spirit and so when we're taken here God is about to do something whenever God gets ready to create what then happens is God also has to honor the principles of creation which is what having water and the spirit and so we're told that the mist was watering what the whole face of the ground verse 7 then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature and so there it is when God breathed into the nostrils the breath of life that is the breath of life which is what the holy spirit so you had two principles that god had to honor in his first birth of man when god had to create adam he had to honor what water he had to honor too the holy spirit and so when god created adam in fact we can also say it was he it was god honoring what jesus spoke about when he said for us to get access into the kingdom of God, we need water and the spirit. And so Adam, in fact, at birth was born again. There's a level of understanding the Bible, not for information, but for revelation, because it would also teach you how you should move and how you should operate. And so if we take that as the first birth that happened, we then need to take it back and say, well, how do we apply it to us? We have the womb of a woman and the womb of a woman. If we compare it to the womb of the mind of God, we will know that when you and I were born in our mother's wombs, in fact, there was something that was happening in the womb, which was without this fluid, there was no way that you, you and I were going to be born. So a woman's womb has amniotic fluid, which is basically a fluid that surrounds the baby as they do what, as they grow. And so at first in the womb, you need to have what? Water. Then out of this water, that watering is in fact what waters the seed, which is the embryo, which is how a child is actually formed. And so the baby is surrounded by this amniotic fluid and that's how they grow. But what interested, what interested me was, I asked God, well, if we need two principles for creation, which is water, in the mother's womb, we already have amniotic fluid, which is the water, which is great. What happens with breathing, you know, the breath of life? What happens with the Holy Spirit? At what point does a child receive? And God said, go look at what, the, what happens in the stages of 
development of a, of a child's lungs. And in fact, the lungs are also filled with this fluid. And so a baby, when they are in the mother's womb and they're growing, what happens in the baby's lungs is that they're filled with this amniotic fluid. And so as the lungs progress, in fact, the lungs are the, one of the most important organs to develop in a baby because without lungs, when the uh, umbilical cord is cut off and the baby makes a transition from what from one world into the other they need to take a breath and take in what oxygen and so in that transition if the lungs are not fully developed to take in what oxygen which is what the breath of life in order to live what happens what happens without the maturation of the lungs is death and so we are told that without the spirit without the spirit it doesn't matter how much water you have you will essentially die and so if even if we look at jesus when he said i thirst he had he had one of the principles which um he was honoring he in fact had the spirit he didn't have water so both of these things need to work together in order for us to have life. You can't have water and have life. You need water and the spirit. You can't have the spirit and not have water. And so what we then come to understand is that you and I, through our mother's wombs, were able to experience life. And so the fulfillment of any new creation is that it needs to work according to these principles. And that is, in fact, how we then get abundance. So even abundance in the Bible is something that is that is discussed as a way of us of us saying, you know, we have this Malachi 3.10, I will open up a window of heaven and pour you out. Hang on, pour what? Pour out from what? From heaven. You've opened up heaven. You've poured out what? You've poured out water. And so when you understand that, water when it's poured out out of the windows of heaven and it does what it's poured down for you it in fact will bless you and you won't have room enough to receive so in the land that you are blessed you will be abundant and you will have life but what is even more important is if you then take that same scripture and you're like okay who else has experienced this sort of a blessing where the heavens are open and we are taken back to the baptism of Jesus. In fact, in Matthew 3, verse 13, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. So one, the presence of water is there. And at that moment, the heavens were opened and he said he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. And so what we then understand is that for God to bless us, we need the presence of water. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the presence of these two things and when we say you know what is water water is the word of god and so for you to have the word of god operating in your life it needs to operate in such a way that it allows you to grow and mature and grow and mature what the seed the anointing the things that gifts that have been given unto you and so without these two principles it doesn't matter if you want a new beginning it doesn't matter if you apply for multiple jobs it doesn't matter if you're in and out of relationships nothing will be sustained no life will be sustained and nothing will thrive without the principles in existence and so if you are thinking to yourself this is a new season this is what I want for my life the thing is 
any great miracle that has ever happened had these two principles. And so when you don't invoke these two principles, what you're asking for, in fact, is death. What you're asking for is stagnation. What you're asking for is to not have an abundant life that was, in fact, destined for you. And so if you're a destiny person if someone that is destined to be great you need to apply these principles because if you don't then you you end up limiting yourself by what limiting yourself by earthly uh, ideas and thinking and so take the time to go back and, and and understand how is it that I can be a creator how is it that I can in fact get the attention and the attraction of the world and not be distracted by things that are in the world so that I can cause what I can cause things to come out of nothing and so when you do this the world will look at you like this person gets it when when you do this you will in fact do do what you will in fact cause the world to thirst for whatever it is that you have to offer because in you creating a level of thirst you need to quench it and how you quench it is through serving and how you serve people is through understanding what it is that you need to create and so these are the types of principles that we need to apply in our businesses these are the types of principles we need to apply in our relationships and how we learn how to do this is understanding how to apply the thirst trap not in the in the natural world's way of, of thinking about it but in the in the spiritual world um in the spiritual realm and how to apply it into having a higher dimensional life and so if we understand this we will know that creation is possible through us creation is something that you and i can happen can 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 cause and so we will know that the same way god said let there be is the same way that we can also say let there be and create create from nothing not just any type of creation but we will take something and we will take um something and creates uh, we will take nothing and create something out of it we will look at the world and where the world sees waste we will come up with ideas and say hang on let me recycle that we will take each and every single uh event in our past and look at it and say what can i take out of this though it looks like there's nothing in it this is a situation that in fact i can learn from and i can use and i can actually use it for good and so everything that god has has predestined for me is in fact something that i know that i can take part in as a creator and so if you look how god's everything in god's creation reached not just from the alpha but into also the omega the beginning and the end and so if you understand how god moves then you will know that the type of creation that you and i are capable of causing in the earthly realm is the same that is that was caused in the spiritual realm and so you and i have the power the power to create and the only way we realize this power is by not becoming a consumer so you being a consumer is going against what you were created to do and we know that you were created by what by water by water and the holy spirit and so you being in this earth is something that is a testament that you need to look at everything that was nothing everything that no one said would come out of anything look at your situation look at where you come from it may look like it's nothing but in fact in that nothing is how you're going to do what create in that nothing is that how that is how you're going to take bara and create out of nothing and create something and so the the biggest 
the biggest and the greatest innovators of our time are the people that are going to look at nothing and see something. And it's the level of perception over your life that you can then work with to say, what am I seeing? Where people are seeing nothing? What types of opportunities am I seeing? Where there's darkness, where there's nothing absolutely happening. Can I look at that situation and see an opportunity for greatness? Can I look at that opportunity? And though the world sees nothing, I see something. And so those different set of eyes are the types of eyes that you need to have as someone who was born to create, not someone who's born to consume. And so I laugh because we don't even have a TV um, in at our house because it is important that we, we, we really spend the time in honing our ability to create. And so what can you do to make sure that you have all these principles in place? You have the water and you have the Holy Spirit, the water, the word, the Holy Spirit, and, and, and pray to God that God empowers you because there's no form of empowerment that rests in the world that is going to empower you and accelerate your anointing the way that the water and the Holy Spirit is going to do it. And so I leave you with, with that challenge to think about how is it that you will get to a point where the world will thirst for what you have to serve the world with and so how you quench how you quench that thirst is how you trap the world into understanding that God is our creator. And because he is a creator, you and I are creators. And just like that, this week's download is done. Now it's time for you to get to work. And I believe the best conversations will happen after this episode when you actually take the time to sit and reflect and understand what revelation this download gave to you. I'd love to hear from you on social media or on lifewithtata.com your thoughts on this episode. And if you like this week's episode, please subscribe to the channel. And if you could be so kind, rate and share this podcast with your friends. For now, stay in your lane and keep journeying towards transcending to the highest expression of yourself. Remember, the world needs it. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time on Life with Tato, the podcast.